Good morning. Welcome. Um, I forgot to mention this a second ago, but uh, the seniors do have some tables set up with memorabilia, pictures, and memories um, out in the foyer, or not in the foyer, in the, uh, the COC area. So be sure to stop by on your way out and see that. Um, also, um, those Bibles that I gave them have uh, notes, uh, space for notes on the side, and they're hardcover. Um, I chose those because I thought, you know, when I was in college, it would have been nice to have a place to keep all of my notes um, and say, this is the Bible that I used in college and God helped grow me. And it also would have fit in a backpack and not gotten bent up like the one I had did. Uh, that one, it's seen brighter days. But thank you so much for being here this morning. We're talking this morning, uh, what I'm going to talk about kind of pertains specifically to our seniors, uh, but not just them. Uh, what we're going to talk about this morning goes for everyone, uh, adults included. And it's a great day uh, to celebrate. We're so proud of your accomplishments, of you, of you graduating high school, going on to work, going on to school, um, whatever it is you're doing. But as you leave, um, you're going to go out into the world. And we know that the world is full of uh, people that don't want you to worship our God and not serve the God that we serve. So we're going to talk about this a little bit this morning. Uh, but before you get started, I want to pray um, and ask the Lord to move. Father, we, we come to you this morning and we thank you for uh, the way you loved us, God, that you sent your son um, to us and he died a death he didn't deserve so that we could have a relationship with you. Father, I ask this morning that you would speak, God, um, through your words in Scripture. Father, that you would move in our hearts. God, teach us something new from your word. Father, we love you. In your name I pray. Amen. So growing up, I would spend my summers, uh, you know, doing all sorts of different things. Youth mission trips or youth camp. Uh, I'd also spend a week usually with my grandparents uh, who were from Arkansas. And my grandfather uh, is a minister uh, worship minister for a long time. Uh, he passed away this past year, um, but he was a wonderful man who loved the Lord and uh, spoke about him often. And something I always remember is when we would finish a trip with my grandfather, with, with Paul as we called him, we'd finish the trip, or maybe uh, he'd be at our house and we were going out to do something. He'd look at us and he'd, he'd point or he'd hold our hand and he'd say, now remember, Will, who you are, where you come from, and what you represent. Now, I don't think this saying is original. I think there's plenty of people that have said this or heard this, but there, uh, it always struck me, and as I was thinking, what am I going to tell these kids? What do I have to tell them? I'm not too far past you guys. I'm only 25. But um, something that I thought was, man, my grandfather used to give that great advice. And seeing as he was a minister, I started digging into Scripture, and I started thinking, so what are the biblical truths to this saying? What, uh, what are some things that we can pull out of Scripture uh, that, that God tells us to make this practical and real. Um, so, who you are, where you come from, and what you represent. And this is what I want to tell you seniors this morning, but not just you guys, everyone else in this room too. As we go out into the world, as you go to your job, as you go to school, as you go into your summer vacation, maybe you go to Florida or wherever, wherever you're going, remember who you are, where you come from, and what you represent. Well, let's talk about first who you are. Um, I'm going to be jumping around a little bit, uh, so you can follow along on the screen or you can turn. But the first scripture we're going to look at is Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. And this is a very practical uh, answer to the question, who are we? It's not just a spiritual answer. This is 
quite real, and I love looking at this. It says, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So in a very practical way, in a very practical sense, you are created in God's image. This is, this is so cool to me that, that God, he made all of creation. He made animals, plants, mountains, oceans, the wind, the sun, the moon. He made the stars, all of it. And then he said, well, I'm going to make something that's like me. I'm going to make a people in my image. So first and foremost, as, as you go out into the world, I want you to remember that you are made in the image of God. When you look into a mirror in the morning before you go somewhere, you're looking at God's fingerprint. You're looking at an image of the Father as you run into people in the world, people who know Jesus, people who don't know Jesus. Those people are also made in the image of God. So who are you? You are the image of the Father. The next verse we're gonna look at is Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And it says this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Paul's, uh, he talks back a little bit to this idea of his workmanship being created in his image when he says that you are his workmanship, you are created in Christ Jesus and now this is the cool part, the part that I really want to hone in on for, for our seniors, but obviously not just for them. This is for you when you go to your job tomorrow morning. You were created for good works. You weren't just created to come and live and be comfortable and have a nice, happy life. You were created for good works. And the comforting thing, the amazing thing, is that it doesn't stop there. It goes on to say, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. As you go to school, uh, seniors, as you're going off to Kansas or Alabama, SFA, that's just a couple places some of our students are going, as you go to those places, God has already pre prepared beforehand good works for you to do. Right now, he's already done it. It's already happened. You're headed to go to school there at Alabama. He knows the church you might attend. He knows the softball team you're gonna play on. He knows the classes you're gonna sit in, the kids you're gonna sit next to, and God has already prepared for you good works to do there. It doesn't come as a surprise to him when you roll up into that classroom and you make friends with the kid next to you and he doesn't know Jesus. God planned that. God wants you to tell that kid about the Lord. For you who work in insurance, at a bank, as a teacher, whatever you're doing, wherever you're going to go tomorrow morning, God has prepared good works for you there as well. God has prepared that, that employee or that person that you work with, the coworker. He's prepared that person for you to speak to. Maybe they don't know Jesus have you had a conversation with them about it? God wants you to speak to that person. God wants a relationship with that person the same way he has one with you. God is preparing for you good works to do. He wants you to love his people. But he doesn't just prepare good works beforehand. He prepares them so that we should walk in them. This isn't just true for our seniors. This is true for all of us. Wherever you go in your day-to-day -day life, God has prepared for you good works. Keep your eyes open, pay attention, don't fall asleep. Look for what God has prepared for you and do it. 2 Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 says this. 
Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new is come. I chose this verse because as you go out into the world to do these good works that Christ has prepared beforehand, the world wants to stop you. The enemy wants to keep you from doing these good works that God has prepared for you to do. God has gone before you to prepare them and the enemy is throwing down traps as you walk down that path trying to keep you from doing God's will for your life. The enemy doesn't want to see the kid sitting next to you in calculus. He doesn't want that kid to know Jesus. He doesn't want that, that girl on your softball team, she, he doesn't want her to know Jesus. That would be awful if that person came to know Jesus and, and went to heaven and didn't have to suffer with me for eternity. No, the enemy is going to try to trip you up. The world's going to lie to you but what first, 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that you're a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. You are not bound to the old way you used to live. You don't have to follow what the enemy is telling you to do. You don't have to fall over those traps in the path. No, you are a new creation and God is preparing good works for you to do. The enemy is going to try to tell you that you're not enough. Until you're not smart enough to pass this class, you don't belong here at this school. They're going to tell you you're not pretty enough, you're not good enough. God doesn't want you. God's not interested in what you have to offer. The world's going to try to tell you these things as you go out. Not just for our seniors, for you at your job. I'm sure there are days where you feel like, man, I just can't do this today. Man, maybe I don't belong here. This is just too hard. That's the enemy trying to push you away from what God has prepared you to do. The enemy is going to lie and tell you something false about your identity. A little story from my personal self. So I, I graduated from Carthage High School in 2015. Uh, as a senior in high school, I was all sorts of things. I was, I was on the baseball team. I was in the choir. I was in drama. I was a UIL academics competitor. I was a pretty smart kid. I had decent grades, right? I was going to Texas State University, so I did okay. Um, I was the worship leader at my church. I had all these things that Will Stacy did. There were all these things that, that Will Stacy uh, identified as, okay? All these different things that I did. I'm sure that you, you know, you're, maybe you're a softball player, maybe you're in drama, whatever it is you're doing. Um, I had all these things that I kind of identified, self-identified myself as. But when I got to college, I was no longer a baseball player. Spoiler, I didn't play for Texas A&M's baseball team. Uh, <laughs> No. Um, <laughs> um, I wasn't in the choir anymore. Um, I, my church wasn't in College Station, so no one knew me. No one was going to put me on a stage to lead worship just yet. Um, there were all these things that I had identified myself with in high school that now, all of a sudden, I was picked up and moved three hours away into College Station, and I had no idea who I was. Because my whole life to that point had been defined by the things I did, not by who I was. I made this mistake. I had a heart problem, a problem, an identity crisis. And so I asked myself, who am I now? And, and about halfway through my first semester, I had thoughts. I was like, I'll just, I'm just going to go home, and I'm just going to go to Panola, um, which is a great thing to do, uh, but I'm just going to go back home, and I'm more comfortable there. I know who I am there. I, I had these doubts about who I was and about what I was even doing. The enemy was trying to, to get me away from there because... <laughs> He knew all the good that God was going to do through my, my life in College Station. And I look back now and I'm like, man, if I had left, think about all the kids I wouldn't have gotten to talk to, all the students I wouldn't have formed relationships with, all the people that wouldn't have heard about Jesus. But 
But God put the right people in my life at the right time. The people uh, that my parents prayed for, that I had prayed for when I was in a more positive mood. And um, God put the right people around me to tell me that my identity was not in those things that I, I did. It wasn't any longer in me being a baseball player or even a worship leader. Those are good things. It's fun to play baseball and it's great to lead worship. But the problem is, I thought that that's who I was. When in reality, who I am is I am a new creation. I am Jesus's. That doesn't sound proper. I am God's child. I am, I am his son. And I was created to do good works. And I had forgotten that. I had been deceived by the enemy that I was all of these things. I was what I could accomplish. I'm not who I, what I can accomplish. I'm who God has made me to be. And who God has made me to be is a new creation. That's who God has made you to be. As you leave Huntington High School and you go out into this brave, scary world and do all these awesome things, like, remember, you are not those things you left behind. You're, you are not defined by all that stuff in your past. No, you are God's new creation and he wants to do good works through you. So remember who you are. You are a new creation. You are going to walk that path that God has prepared beforehand. The second thing, where you come from. Now, this probably has a little less, uh, I had to dig a little bit more for the biblical uh, application part of this, but I'll get there, so give me a second. Um, we're gonna go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, uh, 24 and 25, excuse me, if you're flipping with me. So first, we remember who we are, and second, we're going to remember where we came from. And just give me a second to brag on our church. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25 says this, Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Uh, I've gotten the privilege to be here for just a, over a year now. Uh, we celebrated my first anniversary like in April. Um, and in my time here, this is a people, y'all, this church, let me brag on you for a second. You're a group of people who don't neglect gathering together. You're a group of people who love the people that are here. I, I asked on one of my first Sundays here, I got to teach, and I asked, we were talking about discipleship, and I asked for a group of adults to come around me and help me with the students on Wednesday nights. And I got like 10 volunteers. It went from, Byron had I think three or four, and I just asked, I just came up here and asked you guys, and Man, y'all blessed me. And I had so many awesome volunteers come and be a part of what we do in the youth. You're a group of people that teach scripture well. Your doors are open to people from all walks of life. We have most excellent way. Um, we become, uh, something that I remember from, from Daryl's uh, celebration we had is uh, that verse he says, uh, I've become all things to all people so that some might know the gospel. We go on mission trips uh, go to camp. This, this church has great teachings. The, the point I'm saying all this, right, is that you, seniors, not just you, but also you adult who's going to work tomorrow, you come from a group of people that love you and support you. Don't forget that. When you feel like you're alone in the office and you're like, man, I just need prayer, but I, or I'm just going through a hard time, and reach out to someone in this congregation. These people love you. These people love each other. I promise you they do. They've come around Lauren and I and loved on us in incredible ways and we have just been so appreciative of all of it. Man, and so as you go out, seniors, 
As you go to Alabama, Kansas, Nacogdoches, wherever it is you're going, God uh, has not only prepared a way for you, but he has a group of people that still love you and supports you back here in Huntington. Super comforting for me to think of. I mean, that was my church when I went to school. I, th- I think back to all the adults that helped disciple me when I was growing up. I knew that if I came home, they were going to see me in church and they were going to ask me, how is school going? How are you? How can we pray for you? Not only them, my parents, of course, were doing that. My grandparents, my cousins, my family. I mean, you come from people that love you and love God. Psalms 139, verses 13 and 14 Say this, for you, you formed me in my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. David here is reflecting on how God has been forming him and preparing a way for him since he was in his mother's womb. Take this verse Seniors, take this verse, you adult who's going to work tomorrow, and remember that you come from God, that God has been knitting you together. He knits you together in your mother's womb. He's preparing those, those good works for you to do. Don't, don't forget as you walk out of here where you come from. You come from a people who love you. You come from a God who loves you and gave himself up for you. A God who sent his only son to die a death that we deserve so that we might have eternal life. Don't forget that you come, that's what you come from. And lastly, we're going to talk about what you represent. So remember who you are, where you come from, and what you represent. Colossians 3.17, if I can find it. Too many little sticky notes here. It says, Colossians 3.17, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. First of all, number one priority in your mind should be, I represent Jesus. And I think this verse tells us that more than anything. The idea that whatever we do, whether that's in our speech or in our actions, our word or our deed, we do it all in the name of Jesus Christ because we represent Jesus Christ when we leave this building, amen? When you walk out of this building and you go to your job tomorrow, when you go to Nacogdoches or wherever, Alabama, Kansas, I don't know, wherever you're going, as you walk out of here, you represent Jesus. The world, some people, the only Jesus they may ever see is you. Hopefully that's not true. Hopefully they get to go to a church and and see the true Jesus through a whole body of believers, but every time you run into a new person, think, man, I have to represent Jesus right now because this person, I may be the only little bit of Jesus they ever get to see. As you go out to your job, as you go to school, remember that you represent the Lord in whatever you do. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says this, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. Paul tells the Corinthians, he says, look, you are ambassadors. 
As an ambassador, ambassador for the United States, for example, would take the culture, the beliefs, the government, the things that, that make this nation, they would take it to another country to improve relations, gain understanding, right? It's like teach them a little bit about what's going on over here in America, okay? The ambassador takes that knowledge. They don't go to make war. They don't go to declare war and force them to join into whatever they're doing. You don't have to be exactly like America if we have an embassy in your country. No, but we're going to go and we're going to share what makes us America with you. Your job as an ambassador for Christ is to take God's word and share that good news. Be an ambassador for his word. As you go out, you take what makes us a Christian Our job is to be a group of people that look like Jesus. When you walk out into your new school or you go to your job, people need to be able to look at you and go, that person is carrying Jesus with them. There's something different about the way they're walking or talking and interacting with people. They are taking the Lord with them. The word Christian literally translates in the Greek to mean little Christ. Christ did not go and come to this earth to make war against the hurting and the sick and the prostitutes and the tax collectors. No, Christ came to love those people. So as you go out into the world and you meet the hurting and the sick and the prostitutes and the tax collectors, you be like Jesus and you take them the word of God. We're not there to accuse them and tell them they're doing something wrong. No, you're there to love them and tell them about the God that has saved you. What a a beautiful task we've been given. Jesus came to love those people. As ambassadors on that same mission as Christ, we need to look like him. We need to do the same. Represent a God who loved us first, right? Amen. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. I know I'm all over the place today. Apologies if you're trying to keep up. But Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. As you leave this building today, as you go out into the world tomorrow, it says that here that we should walk in love as Christ loved us. And he gave himself up as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God as a good smelling, a pleasing aroma, something that people are glad to be around. Are you the person in your office? Are you the person in your classroom that people want to know, that want to be friends with because you have a pleasing aroma about you? Or are you the person that people avoid because you're always cranky or you don't seem like you like talking to people? Jesus wasn't someone who was cranky and didn't want to talk to people. Jesus is someone who went out and touched the leper and healed the sick and talked to the prostitute. He's the one who loved others first. We have to be like that. We have to be that fragrant offering that walks in love and imitates Christ. And Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 tells us that therefore I, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you have been called with all humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. What does this look like, you ask? Right there, Ephesians chapter four, verses one through three. Walk with humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love. Remember who you are. 
Remember that you are his image. You are a new creation created for good works. Remember where you come from. We're a people who love you. No matter how tough life gets, you can always come back here and we'll love on you. And remember what you represent. You represent Jesus Christ when you walk out of these doors. You represent the God who loved us first and gave himself up for us. Therefore, we do the same when we go out. One of my favorite verses to tell our students is Matthew 28, 19. It says, go therefore into all nations and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's my commission to you guys as you walk out, as you, as you leave this church um, in however many months and go off to school, as you go to your job tomorrow morning, as you go see your families on vacations this summer, go and make disciples, go love people, go tell them about Jesus. At this time, I want the seniors, um, and I want the seniors and their people. So if you're a senior, come on down. And if you're their people, so like parents, grandparents, I want you to come on down too. Stand right about here. Um, when, we, uh, when we have missionaries come from our church, uh, I feel like that's appropriate and I didn't even know it. But um, when we have missionaries come from our church and we send them out, when we send out our Brother Daryl, when he used to send him out to Africa, we would lay hands on him. And as these students leave our presence and they go somewhere else, I want us to lay hands on them and pray for them. As they go out into a world, a world that's full of the enemy that's trying to deceive them, uh, let them be a, we're going to pray that they would be a light to the world around them. So, them and their families, y'all come on up here, put your hands on your, put, put a hand on your, your child or grandchild. Tell them you love them, all that good stuff. And we're going to pray for them. Um, after the service, don't go anywhere. Um, Shane, um, Shane Tatum is going to come on up, and he's going to tell us uh, what's going on with the search committee. But I thank you so much for being here this morning. Um, as we pray, you pray as well for these students. Uh, pray that, that God will hold them close, that they'll walk in his ways, they'll walk in that path that has been laid out beforehand. All right. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, I thank you for your love, a love that came for us first. Father, I thank you for each of these students that you knit together in their mother's womb. Father, since the beginning of time, you have known of them and you have loved them. And God, we love them too. And today we send them out as missionaries for you, God, that they would go unto all the nations, that they would go wherever they are, Father, and tell people about you. They would make disciples. Father, hard times are gonna come. The enemy will attack. This is a vulnerable stage of life, but Father, you have prepared them for good works. Don't let them doubt the mission that you have prepared them for. Father, when times get hard, we ask that you would hold these students close, Father. God, we ask that you would keep us, their church, accountable to loving them, to reaching out to them, to accepting them back. Father, we thank you for the way you've discipled these students, for these amazing parents and mentors that are down front. We thank you that you have used those people to love them you've used these individuals to show these students how to walk like Jesus. 
Father, we love you. We ask that, that as we go from here today, Father, that your spirit would go with us and that you would help us to go into the world and love like Jesus did. In, these, in your name I pray, Jesus. Amen.